And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk, one of our very, very special Thursday shows. Occasionally, I want to give great thanks to the singer in that song, my theme music, Krista Branch. She is singing, I am America, and my message is so often, you are America, the people who step up and speak up, that's who wins. I am America, Krista Branch. She told me I could use her music as long as I once in a while said her name. So thankful to her. Also, I want to do a brief shout out today to Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who is an, yes, thank you, awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome Supreme Court Justice. Uh, it is his birthday, I just learned, but the reason I wanted to say it today is he is the author of a 6-3 opinion related to the Second Amendment, and this was a stellar, stellar opinion. Uh, and, and very brief, uh, it was called New York State Rifle and Pistol, Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. And the gist of what he said is, it was examining a law that basically said you had to show good cause or proper cause to need to carry a gun. And what he did is he elevated or he actually uh, illuminated the idea that the Second Amendment, the right to bear, keep and bear arms, is just as important and just as fundamental as the, as the right of free speech, free assembly, all the other rights, and basically said in no other case, no other right, do we ever say, well, but sometimes you have to justify why you want to use it. He said, no, that is really wrong uh, and, and cannot be accepted. So he struck down what was considered to be a very relatively mild restriction in the Second Amendment, hoping this gives a little bit of pause to the United States Senate and House who are considering passing uh, gun legislation, which I hope will not pass muster under this decision. So yay, shout out to uh, the very brave Justice Clarence Thomas. Okay, so today on America Can We Talk, we always have a special guest on Thursday. We have an audience who were cheering on for Justice Thomas. And we also, we try to have a longer, more detailed uh, and in-depth interview with one person, uh, which is just very fun. Um, and I always enjoy doing it. So today we have in the studio a gentleman named Alex Stein. And I will tell you that oftentimes in our show, we're talking about military policy, uh, COVID policy, so, uh, immigration policy, really substantive issues, and love to dive in. I, I, I can be wonky with the best of them. But what we're doing today, and I love, love, love this idea, is talking to a man who has found a kind of like a new way to communicate politically, a new uh, method or, uh, and I just, uh, you may have seen his, he has a, a podcast called Conspiracy, sorry, Conspiracy? Castle. Conspiracy <laughs> Castle, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's the one, you may have seen some of the um, little clips. He appears at school board meetings, city council, other places where most people get up and they give a really dry little speech and he gets up and he just is, he, he captures your attention. He'll do kind of rap, he'll kind of sing, he'll dance around. But what's happened is he's drawing attention to the issues he's raising. So I want to welcome him in the studio today and I'm very happy to have today with us, Alex Stein. Wow, please, no, you make me feel... You make a young boy feel very happy, but I'm not a boy, I'm a man. I'm Primetime 99 Alex Stein, so I actually like the audience. It pumps me up, Debbie. And let me tell you something. I really appreciate that introduction and what I'm doing. It made me feel so good because you said it's new. Basically, just to give you the you know cliff notes of it, it's called culture jamming. What I'm doing is I'm taking the most absurd parts of our culture, like the fact that Leah Thomas swam on the women's, excuse me, on the men's team for three years and then got to take hormone medicine and then compete against the women and become a national champion. When he was a man, he was ranked 457th. So then I wore a bathing suit to a city council you know, meeting and I said, let me swim against the women. Let me change in the women's locker room. And they looked at me like I'm crazy. So what I'm trying to say is, yes, this is a new thing. It's called culture jamming. I'm just taking the most absurd parts of our culture and I'm astroturfing like I like it, like I'm part of that to bring awareness, to show people this is how crazy and how far left we have gone. I, I love that. And actually, something I read about you, you said you were describing yourself in an interview, said, you know, you're not really a, a real far-right conservative. You're, you're, you think of yourself more as a moderate, but you're looking at the absurdity of the things that are happening in, in society. So trying to lay out or expose can make people think, wow, he's, you know, he might be really far right, but you're just kind of a moderate, right? Well, I'm really, I'm a populist is what I am. And that's what I think is I'm a, a 
person of the people. And I'm not even trying to virtue signal like that. I'm saying we live in a society where it's all about materialism or self-righteousness. It's all about social media. And yet I have to use social media. That's one of my tools. But I'm saying this is the problem what I see in society, Debbie. This is our biggest problem is that we have a system, a pharmaceutical system. When, they, when you say that you're depressed, they give you antidepressants that make you more suicidal. So yes. we live in a society where they want to keep you under what is called constant trauma-based mind control. When you turn on CNN, that's the worst, you know, uh, station on the dial. But on, on CNN, it's constantly how many people are dying, 600,000, 700,000. Yes. Because what happens is they want you to have this hormonal response of releasing cortisol. And when you release cortisol, that's the stress hormone. It puts your body in what is called fight or flight. So when you're constantly under this fight or flight response, you can't see the forest for the big tree in front of your face. That's like the treat you use to make your dog sit down. And that's what they use against us. They use little treats to distract us from what's really going on. So my whole idea is that I'm a populist. I think that there's some things, you know, you would consider like abortion, terrible, I hate. You know, I'm saying a lot of the main, you know, um, bell cow conservative issues I agree with. So I'm obviously more conservative, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm a libertarian too. I think people should be able to do what they want. So that's why I consider myself a populist. Love that answer. Okay. Uh, we were talking before we started today and um, I want to get into a couple of clips I sent, but I want to mention something first that just happened in Texas. You were down at the Texas GOP convention and mm -hmm. I mentioned on my show this week, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, that Senator Cornyn spoke, that one of the two uh, senators from Texas, and while he was speaking, there was very loud booing, and, yeah. and in fact, disruptive level booing. So he really had a hard time speaking. Well, real and quick, I have to cut you off. As a matter of fact, the booing was so loud, before he went on stage, he turned off his uh, earpiece. <laughs> hey, his hearing aid. Yeah, that's a fact. He knew he was going to get booed. <gasps> so that's why he wasn't reacting. It was very disruptive, but he turned off his hearing aid knowing that he was going to get booed. Sorry, I just thought that was a... Okay, no, <laughs> that is a great fact to know. Well, the thing is, why I want to explore this with you, and I love what you're doing, because I, I, I said earlier, I described myself as wonky i would love to have you know i make bullet i'm a lawyer i like logical mm -hmm. arguments bullet points uh, you know points and authorities but to and, and so i think you should be able to persuade people by facts mm -hmm. but often you can't no. and you can't even get their attention when you're laying out facts so back to what i want to mention about corn and then have you take off on your various um escapades at the <laughs> gop convention but uh, Senator Cornyn being booed. So last evening, my husband and I were at this political event. This was not the candidate who said this, but we're at some event and this guy walked up, he's chit-chatting ahead of time, telling us how he was at the convention. And he said, and you know, they booed Senator Cornyn. And I'm smiling saying, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think that's inappropriate. I think if you don't like a senator, then you politely sit there and if you don't like him, vote him out of office. And otherwise you should not behave in that rude manner. To which I said, you know, if he ever listened to his constituents and followed the things he said he believed in, no one would have booed. But that was kind of like, you know, the, the uh, line that Dinesh D'Souza had in the 2000 Mules describing January 6th. It was the primal scream of America showing up in Washington on January 6th. We know this election was stolen and they want to say something. And that's exactly what happened to Senator Cornyn was his advocacy for, for limiting the Second Amendment, which and other things before and after that time, the people of Texas who put him in the Senate could not get, penetrate otherwise, couldn't make him listen. So the booing began. And I said, I, I actually completely excused them. I'm glad they did it. So I don't know what the guy thought of me afterwards. So isn't that kind of symbolic of what you do? You're just like, do something out of the ordinary and send the message. Well, let me tell you something. Idolizing a politician is like thinking the stripper actually likes you. These people do not have, you know, seriously, they don't care about us. So the problem is, is you look at guys like Cruz, like Crenshaw, we have right now what's going on in America. We have a terrible border crisis. I've had friends, people that I care about have died of the fentanyl that's being snuck over the border. We have the sex trafficking that's coming through the border constantly. We have problems at the Texas and Mexico border that they will not, you know, not even give it the time of the day. Kamala Harris won't even fly there and give it one minute. Yet we're giving $80 billion to help support the border between the Russia and Ukraine. That's what makes me sick is I'm America first. I want to help Americans. I see my people, my brothers and sisters suffering. People that I know have died of drug overdoses that probably could have been stopped if we had just one modicum of respect for our own border, but they don't. They want to destabilize America in order to gain global control. And for me, that's what I'm most against is the globalism that we're, you know, that we're facing right now. The globalism issue is so huge. And again, that the, you know, getting beneath it all, it's the whole concept of understanding America's uniqueness, understanding what sovereignty means. And the idea that globalists, they won't say you know, we're trying to destroy America. They're just saying, wouldn't it be great if we all globally work together? And it takes people 
pointing out what is the outcome of what they're doing, uh, you know, to make, to make them pay attention. Okay, so actually, Mr. Emilio, I believe you have our clip. So I want to play, uh, this is you, uh, a brief clip of you uh, conversing. Uh, this is clip three, conversing with uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw, who, for our <laughs> listeners, is a Texas, a U.S. Representative from the great state of Texas, uh, who is a happens to wear an eye patch due to an injury uh, in the military, and in my view, and of many conservatives, he has not exactly hung in there with conservative values in Washington, but he did get elected uh, and won again a primary recently, so he's headed back to Washington. This is clip three. You at the uh, GOP convention. I patch McCain. Hey, I patch McCain. Look at I patch McCain right here. You're a rhino. You're a globalist. You're a globalist rhino. You're a globalist rhino. Kid, you're a globalist rhino. I patch McCain. I patch McCain. Well, that's okay. So you call him I patch McCain. Well, you know who I got that from? From Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson coined that term. So that's why we call him Ipatch McCain. Okay. Because, and listen, I don't want to make fun of a guy's war injury, but this is the problem. He is a neocon. He wants to keep us in a constant war. So listen, I support the, the men in the uniform, but I don't necessarily support the uniform being the world police and you know destabilizing our country and pumping up Halliburton and, and pumping up these companies. The military-industrial complex and Dwight D. Eisenhower, who's a, a five-star general, four-star general, I forget what his ranking was, he actually said that one of the biggest problems America was facing was having the military-industrial complex. Yes. So it's not... Our our job to be the world's police and guys like Dan Crenshaw he's gonna say oh I'm a conservative oh I appreciate yeah. that but well this is but I want to make this point though is that he wants to act like you know he's some huge war hero good for him I'm, I'm happy that he did not die I don't want anybody to die in war but the fact that he's sending more kids to go die in war that's inexcusable in my opinion yeah I love that and you know it's really funny because I'm going to guess, I don't know the percentage, but a significant percentage of the delegates, the actual activist Republicans who would take the time to qualify, become a delegate, go down the GOP convention, they don't like him either. They've been complaining about him since he got in, but he goes to that convention, the Texas convention, and you know he gets a spot speaking and he shakes hands and doesn't get ever hear the message. Well, to your point, you're 100% right. The delegates there did not like him. And these people are the, are the most dialed in to the party. And that's why he didn't go to the convention not one time. He was actually having a party across the street oh. put on by a different organization. So that's why I had to get him outside of it. And his security knew who I was. They, they came up to me and said, Alex, if you try to interrupt this event, we're going to have you kicked out. Well, I told the guy, I get kicked out everywhere I go. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't care. Ooh, that's going to scare me. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's where we're at, too. And, and this is how you know where Crenshaw's loyalty He's lying. So after I trolled him, before I, as soon as I posted my video, I ran, I had it in my camera, I, you know, uploaded it like literally within 20 minutes of when it happened. He had already called the left wing media, media to run a hit piece saying I assaulted him. We put a, you know, obviously for other angles, there was no assault. It kind of looked crazy because my camera's moving around, but luckily I had three cameramen there filming the whole thing so you could see other angles. And if you look at who's coming out in his defense, Adam Kinzinger, Jake Tapper, CNN, yeah, the so left. The, I mean, the, the worst of the left. And so if those people are coming out in your defense, that's all you got to say because at the same time Justice Kavanaugh there was somebody that came to go murder Justice Kavanaugh and it got not a peep but I go and call him Ipatch McCain oh he's a warrior oh my god we love him all of a sudden it's like come on we know where your loyalties lie when the people that come out to defend you are the people that we most despise okay so I love what you did and I will tell you because you did that the video that even though it is as you say the cameras are moving it's kind of mm -hmm. wild looking but I'm going to guess more Americans who don't live in Texas, never heard of Dan Crenshaw before, saw that. And they think, why is he so mad at Dan Crenshaw? I think you helped draw attention. And maybe even among Texans who are, you know, uninformed or not really very critical of Crenshaw, they start to ask questions. I mean, you're, I'm getting at the point you're helping to draw attention and make someone think, why in the world is this guy so mad? And then they look at his behavior. Well, you nailed it. I mean, this is what I try to do is I don't even try to convince people to have the same political ideologies as me. I just want them to ask questions. Literally, I just want them to be like, is it really like this? Like, is sudden adult death syndrome really, you know, a new thing? You know, or, you know, I'm saying just the weird stuff that the media tells us that they say is a fact. 
just look into it for yourself. Ask a question. We don't. We have a society now that's not inquisitive at all. People just want to follow the leader. So for me, if I can just kind of break that kind of that social programming or whatever that mass formation <laughs> hypnosis to make them ask, is is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And this is how I know it's effective because Dan Crenshaw had to make a video after this saying that he's not a member of the World Economic Forum, and we know the World Economic Forum is basically you know run by Klaus Schwab, the, who is the globalist, who's the globalist of the globalist, who says you know you will own nothing and you will be happy and you will eat bugs because that's where they want to, no seriously that's what he says I that's, know, that's I know. the future they want to have for us is where you literally rent your washing machine you rent your car you'll rent everything and, and that's really what's happening in this day and age when you look at the the multi uh you know you look at the um the companies like BlackRock that are buying all the single family homes, it's almost impossible for a young person to even buy a house. So the American dream is basically dead. I mean, I think it was Bill Hicks that said it. The only way you can believe the American dream is because you have to be asleep to, you know, to, right. to, to, to that's what I'm saying. The only time you can experience something, the American dream is when you're asleep. Something in your imagination that used to be the case. Yeah. So you do this with Crenshaw, which, you know, people who are upset with him cheer you on and Crenshaw gets the negative I mean, to my view, negative commentary coming because he's only being defended by the leftists, yeah. the radical left media. So you really, I mean, you really making a point. So beyond that, though, do you get feedback from anyone where you're, you're recognizing, wow, thanks for waking me up. Thanks oh. for helping me see. Oh, yeah. For the Crenshaw thing, this is why he was so shook by it. So on Twitter, there's a term called getting ratioed. That's when you have a tweet and you have more comments than likes. It's more because it's easier to like something than it is to write a comment. So his tweet got ratioed by over three thousand negative comments than likes. And so you know that's just, that is just a you know for an internet person that's extremely online like me, and he is extremely online too. He's that he hates that because he sees that tweet and he's being universally panned or universally disliked. Okay, I did not know the term ratioed is when you have a higher number of comments than you do likes, reflecting people are thinking, they're processing. Yes. Okay, and so uh, you are, I meant to mention at the beginning, I did not, you have a huge social media following, which I, I mean, it is just honestly fun to see your, your things pop up. So quickly tell everyone listening, in case they're not following you, how to follow you. Okay, well, and, and it's AlexDine99 on Twitter. I'm uh, Instagram, Primetime Stein. But let me tell you a little bit, I guess, how I got started. I don't know if we got into it. So the reason why is I was uh, about two years ago uh, when the pandemic started, I started a podcast. And in that podcast, it's called The Conspiracy Castle. And like people like say, oh, I don't like the term conspiracy theorist. But that term was created by the CIA to demonize people looking to the official story of the JFK assassination. So for me, being connected to Dallas, I'm like, well, I'm going to use that term and I'm going to you know, take it as a badge of honor. Conspiracy castle. Yeah, right? that's why I have the conspiracy castle. But but my point being is, so at the beginning of the pandemic, they closed. I go to Bachman Lake Park, you know, right down the street. I walk my dogs there every single day. And what they did is they closed the, the open air bathrooms. These bathrooms don't even have a roof on it. They closed the bathrooms. They turned off all the water fountains where my dog, you know, you press a button and it has a little dog bowl with nice water fountains. But neither, that's neither here nor there. And then they put in these porta potties and a guy, an 81-year-old guy named Rudy, who I was friends with, I became Facebook friends with him. I noticed he wasn't walking his dog there anymore. And I messaged him. He said, well, I don't like to change my colostomy bag in the porta potty. You know, you know, it's just not, it's not good for me. So in my mind, I'm like, this, this guy is 81. Probably the reason why he's probably alive is because he comes out here and grinds and walks every day. And because of the pandemic that, you know, they're really, the restrictions aren't based in science, closing a bathroom because they don't want you to use the park. It's not even about the right, spread. Exactly right. So I, so I went and spoke very earnestly. I said, Mayor Johnson, you need to open up these parks. If anything should be open, a kid should be able to go play basketball if they're not in school. But they literally took down the nets at the hoops. And they, they looked at me like I was an idiot. They looked at me like I was a conspiracy theorist. This is a Dallas City Council meeting. Dallas City Council meetings, and this is all over Zoom at the beginning. And so how it works with Zoom is, is even though the, on their screen, like their stream, you only see the person talking, but it was kind of cool because each individual city council member would be on their Zoom meeting, right? So you could see their facial expressions. You could almost see it better on the Zoom calls than in person. Mm -hmm. So I noticed they didn't, they didn't give me any attention, and I spoke at this meeting, and you know, I didn't even really think of it. Like maybe it got like 5,000 hits or something. You know, it wasn't, didn't go viral or anything, but it got a few thousand hits. So the next time I went, this is when they were really pushing the vaccine. And I said, Mayor Johnson, you know, it would be really good if you had the vaccine since you're Eric Johnson. You say Eric Johnson's free Johnson and Johnson in Cedar Springs in the neighborhood. The gay community would love the double entendre. And since you're the first gay, openly gay mayor of Dallas, they would be really well received. Well, he's not. He's married and has kids. Yeah. And he was shook. I could just tell him his eyes got this big. And, you know, and he did not like it when I called him gay. And I was like, just a simple thing of me calling, just teasing him. You know, I was literally just trolling him. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to amp it up. I'm going to make fun of him more because 
that's the only way you got their attention is if you draw them offside. So Tom Brady's like, hut, 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 trying to make the, you got it. These politicians are what I call non-playable characters. And that means, you know, there's NPCs, you heard that term a lot. So in the video game of life, when you, in a video game, you might put your, your player or whatever to another person in the video game and your button doesn't interact with them. And that's basically what these people are like. It's like, they don't want to interact with us. They see us, we can see each other, but they don't want to come down to our level because they have such self-righteousness. They think they're so important. Oh, we vote on how long of a, you know, the sidewalk should be here. You know, we <laughs> vote on, you know, if a restaurant can open. I mean, the stupidest stuff they vote on. Not that they don't vote on important stuff, but these, all these politicians, even at the lower level, those are sometimes the most corrupt and most self-righteous. So those are the ones we need to call out the most. So then when I notice, hey, look, if I goof, if I'm goofy with them, then it, you know, this has the most effect. And then I started talking about how I love the vaccine, but I kept losing housekeepers uh, to COVID <laughs> and just acting very insensitive. I called astroturfing and I noticed more and more people would watch and then more followers and more followers. And so people are like, well, you just do it for clout. You just do it for followers. Well, yeah, I definitely want people to follow me and watch my podcast. I'm a broadcaster. I'm an entertainer. So I don't want to just do it into a vacuum. But at the same time, I'm trying to use my humor in an Andy Kaufman style where he blurred the line of reality and fiction. And that's what I try to do is I want to blur the line of reality and fiction so people have to be like is this real is this fake and then they yeah. have to research what's going on and then I win then the joke then I'm laughing because they don't know if it's real or fake yep I, I love love it I was going to go into your whole I mean why you and actually it is a it's a really great thing for a lot of people who become activists in the last couple of years parents for the first time showing up at school board meetings uh, there's so much more activism but then at the end of the day it's exactly like you're describing you go to a school board meeting and you run through these following titles exist these pictures exist and these pornographic materials mm -hmm. and it's people at school board looking around the room and checking their watch and, and diddling around and so to have someone make more of a scene and it's memorable and it gets viral it changes everything because then people are thinking well what are they complaining about and why aren't they acting you did a little video uh, this is uh, clip two, Mr. Emilio. Um, there, clip two, this was you speaking at Dallas City Council. Uh, your vaccination wrap. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gracious. This is okay. the first super viral video. Yeah. Okay, this, so this if we have that ready. Like 10 million hits. Yeah. yeah. My name's Alex Stein. I'm here today. And I'm, the reason I'm so out of breath, I ran there. I was late to the meeting. Hold on, hold on. You know, really Stop it. Well, you want to say something? Well, I just want to say, so in this, this, it's funny how it works out, right? So I'm literally like late to the thing because usually the time there's usually there's like 20 or 30 minutes before the meeting starts because they're doing like special announcements or whatever. Yeah. And so uh, this time the, the announcements are like five minutes and then I'm also the first one to speak. So I'm like running down the hall. I'm out of breath and my phone doesn't work. And the reason why I say all this is because like it's almost supposed to be like a happy disaster or something like uh, this is literally I was, you know, I had some ideas. I was going to call it my Fauci ouchie. This is basically <laughs> improv. No, I'm just I'm serious. And, and the reason why I'm doing this, I'm like, it doesn't have to be good. I want it to be cringe because all of these and I guess I'll give it context after I was seeing all these TikTok nurses were going viral you know dancing yeah. and singing as TikTok nurses so that was my inspiration for this is all the cringy TikTok nurses all right love that okay let's roll that I wanted to do and of course it never works when, when you're trying to make it work but I guess we'll just have to we'll just have to freestyle it but with the real Dr. Fauci please stand up please stand up Please stand up. Vaccinate your mom. Vaccinate your dad. Vaccinate the happy. Vaccinate the sad. Vaccinate your babies. Vaccinate them. Even if they got rabies. Vaccinate my life. Vaccinate my wife. Vaccinate your DNA. Vaccine created by the CIA. Vaccinate your body. Vaccinate me at the party. Vaccination freak. Vaccination freaking leak. I want the vaccine in my life. I want the vaccine for my wife. I want to vaccinate you all day long. Vaccinate you while I wear my thong. Vaccinate me. <laughs> vaccinate who? Vaccinate she. Vaccinate her. Vaccinate them. <laughs> vaccinate my friend. I want to vaccinate to the end. <laughs> no need to clap. No. No, stop it. No clapping. No, it's, it's purposefully bad. Uh, you know, okay, so. I first had. Did you make that up standing there? Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm, oh I'm prime time 99. I'm the freestyle king. I got. I mean, everybody like you know. This is not. I mean, yeah, that's my talent. Is rhyming words, but I'm not even that great at it. Like I said, it was supposed to be bad. Uh, and so that was kind of the whole point of it. And the reason why that was so effective is people thought it was real. That's the only reason that it was, went viral. That's the only reason. It's not because it was a good song. It's because people shared it. They're like, look at this crazy nurse, you know, going crazy. <laughs> and all the ABC News shared it. There's clips on my social media where like, look at this great guy encouraging the vaccine. And then they had to look into me. And then all these hit pieces like, oh, he's anti-vax. He's this and that. You know, it's just funny how... 
I'm telling you, the most effective form of humor, whatever you want to call culture jamming, is the one where they think it's real. So that's why I'm, I'm almost getting less effective. I'm, I'm starting to have to evolve and kind of reinvent myself as, as you know, a little bit of an activist and confronting the politicians in person. Because now, everywhere I walk, I, I was just in some meetings in California. And in Long Beach, California, they knew who I was. And the city council members started whipping out their phones and filming me. So, yeah, I mean, so it's, it's a little less effective if you know I'm trolling and I'm joking. And that was the first video... Like, like I said, I had, a, I, had a, I had a relatively decent online following before that. I had like, I think I had like 20,000 subscribers on my YouTube, but now I have 200,000, you know, from that video. So that was the one that really put me on the map. Okay, and YouTube, you've not had YouTube uh, either threaten to take you down or... Oh yeah, I've gotten strikes. You've gotten strikes. Yeah, they're okay. all going to... Twitter, they've all suspended me temporarily. I'm just, you know, yeah, I'm on my, you know, what is that? What is from Animal House Super Secret Probation? Yeah, I'm on... Yeah. Uh, I'm on probation on all of them, so please. And the technocracy is always going to win. I think that's actually the reason why we should be... Okay, so let me talk about this. This is, this is relative to what's going on now. So I go to all these meetings, and I don't know if... We don't need to pull up the clip, but I, I go and I do these crazy things, right? But often, sometimes I go and I talk seriously. And recently, this guy who we all hate, I think we all should hate, is a guy named Clay Jenkins. Clay Jenkins. Yep. Yeah. Well, listen, guys. Listen. Listen to what's happened with Clay Jenkins. So Clay Jenkins, I went and I spoke at a meeting, and I brought up this D magazine about how he was arrested multiple times in college. One time he got arrested for trespassing in a woman's dorm for a panty raid. He got caught stealing women's panties. And I printed out the D magazine article about this, and I went to the commissioner's court, and I started to read it. And as soon as I read it, I, I, had, I would, had signed up. Two, every, they do it every two weeks. I'd signed up the two weeks before. They, the public meeting like ran, you know, the public speaker part of the portion ran so late I had to leave, and they let me reschedule to the, the next two weeks. And Clay Jenkins knows who I am because I've confronted him in person about this, right? So the reason why I give it context. So now we fast forward two weeks. It's me. I'm about to go speak in front of him. And he expects me to do something stupid like wear a woman's bathing suit or do a rap. But I'm dead serious. And I bring up this article. And not within 30 seconds of me sitting there, John Wiley Price kicks me out. And, and J.J. Koch is another commissioner. He even after I get kicked out, he didn't stand up for me then, but it actually worked out. Um, I get kicked out. I get removed by the cops physically. You know, they grab me. They honestly, I mean, I'm not a wimp, but they did kind of hurt me a little bit. You know, when you're getting, I'm just saying when you're getting grabbed and stuff, it's, it's uncomfortable. But, but let me finish my story is what I'm trying to say is they kicked me out 30 seconds after I started to speak when I was being serious. I wasn't doing any sort of bit. I just, I pull, I printed out these forms. And so I filed a federal lawsuit against them. And against? I, Clay Jenkins and, and John Wiley Price. Okay. And the, and the marshals and the, you know, the Dallas County. Okay. And you guys can look this lawsuit up. And today, finally, we, we had a conference call with the, with the county attorneys. And now they want to settle. Oh. Yeah. But I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle. I'm not. I want to take it all the way. I appreciate that. The reason why is because I, listen, I'm not, I'm not like some wealthy guy. Like, you know, if they offered me a million dollars or something, I'd have to really look at it. But what I'm, no, but I'm, I'm just trying to speak seriously, but it's not about the money. You know, like it's not about the potential make a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. I don't care about that. Like I said, if they offered me $5 million, maybe I would take it. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's going to be some amount, literally like a hundred thousand or something like that, which is great, but I don't want the money. I want these, these politicians to get called out for their hypocrisy, especially Clay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and this is why Clay Jenkins, he's so powerful. We don't realize these county judge, they get all the funding for all the hospitals. And that's why he sued Governor Abbott and lost twice. He's putting the county in debt, money that's, you know, paid all these legal fees that he hasn't paid for yet. Yep. So now he's got the legal fees he's going to have to deal with me. And I have a good, really good, solid case that even other commissioners said I was unlawfully removed because I wasn't even removed by the Dallas County judge. I was removed by one of the commissioners that didn't even have the right to remove me, but he was doing a favor to Clay Jenkins. And so this is why it's so bad is because we can get discovery. So now we can see their text messages. Clay doesn't oh. want me to see his text messages. They don't want any discovery. This is why they want to settle. Yes. We got this discovery part. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why the discovery, that's why I'm taking this to the finish line. I'm going to get discovery. <laughs> I'm going to get all of it. And I'm going to expose them. Yeah. Wow. And that happened this morning. I'm saying we had the meeting with the county attorneys this morning because they, we'd, been, we'd been trying to, how, how it works in a federal lawsuit is they can waive service, right? I don't have to physically serve them. But Clay Jenkins has known about the lawsuit since it went out because I did a press release. I tweeted it at him. We sent it to his office. I had my attorney, a guy named John Gross, a really good guy. He's, uh, I'm just saying we've been sending them messages every single day since we filed it, waiting for a response. And we finally had a meeting with the county attorneys and they said, hey, listen, how much do you want? And, uh, <laughs> and we said, well, I told my attorney to say this. Listen, you know, tell them we want $2 million or we're going to go to court. They're not going to give me $2 million. You know, that's why he said that. 
Uh, and let's say, in case they do, if they say two million dollars, then I might take it. But they're not going to—they're not going to give me that. And I, and the whole point being is that I want to expose them. I want to get the discovery, and I want to show them that they're using our tax dollars not to help us out. They oh, we're going to help you out. No, they are capitulating to the multinational corporations like Pfizer, like Baylor, Scott and White, like yep. whatever. And and that's who these people work for. They don't work for us. And this is how you know politicians are crooked. They spend millions of dollars on a campaign that only pays them a hundred thousand dollars in their job so they are they owe so many favors to the people that get them in office they right. don't owe us those favors so that's why we got to expose them yeah. yeah i'll come back to that later about what the solution is to what you described because that is a financially accurate point uh, i do want to ask you there was a plano city uh, council thing where you um you uh, titled it in your tweet prayers for ukraine yeah that's and, <laughs> wrap. yeah yeah so i do want to have you let's quick this is uh clip one mr Mealy, if we can quick play that and then i want to ask you what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. I'm the proof when I'm in a booth, spitting on the mic. Anti-vax, Putin hates all of them blacks. Putin is a bad racist. Put them in the ground, white or brown. And I'm in plain old town. And you know you just got found. I'm a pimp on a blimp. In lesser stacking shrimp. No, you can't stop my shine. Okay, so <laughs> somebody fart is the last line. Yeah, I know. Uh, so this this was uh, from Plano, which is in the great state of Texas here, uh, from March of this year about the Ukraine. But what, what was your? Why were you there at that meeting? And what was your? What were you trying to get them to do or not do? Well, that uh, my whole uh, you know the reason why I said all that stuff is because. On, on, we're talking about the censorship on YouTube and on Twitter and on Instagram is so insane. But they actually came out universally and said you could call for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. Lindsey Graham even went on Fox News and said somebody like Brutus should kill Vladimir Putin. Now, I don't necessarily love Vladimir Putin. I think you know he, you know, journalists and stuff that have spoken out about him have you know conveniently come up dead. So I'm not even trying to defend Vladimir Putin, but I was trying to make a point that we and you know the people that run the technocracy. I just use that as a blanket term for Silicon Valley. They literally decide the narrative. Like if you say the 2020 election was stolen, you automatically get kicked off. You have to say it was the most fair election ever. But in 2016, all they did was say that Hillary had it stolen from right. him. So it's, I was just trying to call out the hypocrisy. And this is my problem with the war in Ukraine is before this war started, I couldn't even pick out Ukraine on a map. And now we're giving them basically all these resources. And we, like I said, we have a homeless problem. We have a, you know, a border crisis. They don't even care about the, the border between Texas and Mexico. They don't care about the border between Mexico and Arizona. They don't care about the border between Mexico and California. So I was just trying to go there and culture jam and show that all these people that have a Ukrainian flag in their bio, yet you can go anywhere on Cedar Springs, you can go to all the schools, you can see all these car dealerships, they all have Ukrainian flags. Not one footage of an American flag in Ukraine. You cannot find it. I'm telling you, you guys go look online right now. You will not see one Ukrainian soldier with an American flag because they don't have any gratitude. They don't care. The only person that benefits from this is Halliburton, is a military industrial complex because we just got out of a 20 year war in the Middle East that they said that we had weapons of mass destruction. That's why we got to go there. They didn't have one weapons of mass destruction. They didn't have one weapon. They had a bunch of fake tubes that had nothing to do with it. So that's what they do. They lie to us to get into these wars that don't don't benefit you, me, you know, Joe the plumber, as he used to say, you know what I'm saying? They, they, none of this stuff benefits us. So I was just trying to go out there and culture jam and show how absurd that we're all cheerleading for a war that has nothing to do with the American people. There you go. I love the analogy, especially you, many, many other people make it with the point that we can somehow spend $40 billion, which is, we also lose track of what that amount of money is. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's uncomprehensible to most people. We can send it over there, but we can't manage to enforce our southern border. I mean, the, the people in America who believe in sovereignty in their country are waiting to say, where is our government defending us? And so it is really one of those things that leftists, or, and, I, and I put plenty of Republicans in that uh, name too, uh, that label too, but they have gone so far 
and doing really irresponsible things. And because they've done it for so long, we just let it go. We yeah. just say, well, that, that's what happens. Okay, I want to hit one other thing. So this will be a, a tender thing. I want to hit Senator Cruz and Senator Cornyn. So, um, you know, for many people in Texas, when Senator Cruz first ran, uh, which was 2012, and it was a, you know, I mean, he was really a hero among conservatives because he ran at the time Obama was destroying America, in my mm -hmm. view, just absolutely you know, taking America down. And Cruz was someone who he really skyrocketed from, you know, he was a public official, but not a particularly widely known one, to being our senator. And for many years, he was really leading the charge on conservative issues. However, uh, and, and then we had Senator Cornyn, who we discussed earlier, ever and go back and talk about him again in a minute. Mm -hmm. But Senator Cruz is viewed by many as, you know, he's, he's kind of a, you know, he's, he's more reliable, at least, than Cornyn, which may, you know, it's like, it doesn't make him perfect, but he's certainly more reliable and conservative than Cornyn. So you had a little interaction with Senator Cruz, also at the Texas GOP convention. You want to say something first? It looked like you're about to... No, no, no. I was just kind of covering my lip because, you know, honestly, this is the problem with Ted Cruz, and we'll get into it because, actually, I, well, I want to play the clip, and I'll give you the context of why I'm a little upset with Cruz. Because, yeah, these people, you know, even if the people are complaining, like the people on the right that are complaining, like, even if you agree with the politician 80%, you should, you know, give him a break. No, it's like it's worse to get cheated on by your wife than just some random girl that you dated for a little bit. You know, it's like these are the people that say they're on your side, and then they go behind your back. That hurts more. So, so I want to play the clip, and then I'll give you the context of why I was so emotional, you know, why I was like, you know, okay, this, this is upset. clip four, Mr. Emilio. Thank you. Why do you do that? You go become best friends with Trump after he makes fun of you and your wife. Why do you do that? I, I understand you don't want well, to defend you're Texas a coward. and you don't want no, to. No, see, I do love America. See, you don't. You care more about the border between uh, Ukraine and Russia than you care about the border between Texas and Mexico. Why is that? Why do you care God, about God bless you. I know, but why are you a globalist? You're a globalist, but you know it, Ted. Hey, Teddy, you're a globalist. You're, you're a globalist, Ted. You know that, bud. And that's why you're a coward and a liar. And you know that, and I know that. And that's why you're afraid to stand up for it. When people were freezing and dying, you were in Cancun, Mexico. You remember that? You remember when you're at the all-inclusive buffet while people were freezing? Go away. No, do you remember that, Ted, when everybody was freezing? Okay, so I want to ask. I, I, I want a light. Anything you want to say about that. I do want to ask in that particular clip. You talk about you him being a globalist. Mm -hmm. And... Is this largely because of the payment to the Ukraine, or are there other things he's done that caused you to put him in that? Or is it his wife's uh, no, the, life? The, the, just the thing is, listen, you know, uh, sadly, I'm single. Any ladies, if you're single, hit me up. But what I'm saying is, if, if anybody makes fun of your wife or girlfriend, you def you defend them no matter what. That's inexcusable. I don't care if it's Donald Trump or you know Barack Obama. You got to defend your wife. That's you know that's your ride or die. But so that I was just kind of like, I just thought that was kind of low character, low moral character. And, and like, I, I ended up liking Trump, you know, at the beginning of Trump's presidency, I was, you know, a little skeptical, like everybody was, but just the fact that they do this heel turn, I just thought that was a little weird. But for me, just the fact, I'm really affected by what's going on in the Ukraine because it bugs me that all this money is going there when I'm seeing massive inflation, massive gas prices. People are suffering more than I've ever seen it since 2008, since the financial crash. All of my friends my age, we can't afford to buy houses. We can't afford the same stuff that our parents had. So society is getting worse than when my parents were our age. And I see guys like that. It's like, oh, here's $80 billion to the Ukraine. That makes me sick. So that's enough for me to be upset. But really what, what made me so mad about Ted Cruz and these people on the right would be like, well, he planned his Cancun vacation before. What's he not supposed to go on it? Listen, I don't care. He can go to Cancun all year long if he wants. But at that time, I was here in Dallas. My a, a pipe burst in my garage, got totally flooded. All the sheetrock got messed up. My mom's house flooded. She had rolling blackouts. Luckily, I had more power than her because I had a generator. I had to, you know, spend the money, put my mom in a Holiday Inn. You know, uh, it was just a, such a nightmare. It was so terrible. Oh, how much of her stuff got ruined? I remember having to replace it, having to clean my mom's apartment. You know, literally that was under. You know, she was in a bottom floor apartment. A pipe burst above her, just totally devastated her. You know, I'm helping my mom. You know, she can't clean. She couldn't move a, a sopping wet rug. It's heavy. And then I'm looking at this guy that's a politician getting on a Southwest Airlines flight to Cancun, Mexico. And I, listen, I don't blame him for the weather, but you look at our energy grid. This is Texas. I've lived here my whole entire life. We've never had rolling blackouts. You know, and so this is this is a problem that the top people should not be going on a vacation 
when everybody's suffering. So I just, that's what made me so mad. That's why I was so passionate. Listen, Ted Cruz, there's stuff that I agree with him on, but identity politics and just blindly following somebody, even if there's stuff you don't agree on, that's what the left does. I don't want to be like that. I'm not going to be like the left. I'm not just going to see glaring issues and not call them out for it because that's the only way you fix it. Now we call him out. He says, oh, I probably shouldn't have gone to Cancun. Oh, I'm sorry that I said the January 6th people were terrorists, which he did say. He said the January 6th people were terrorists and they weren't. They knew that it was an election that, you know, was bullcrap. Excuse my language. I'm just saying. And he called them terrorists. So Ted Cruz, you know, he can say whatever he wants at the end of the day to try to make himself look good as a politician. But I know the truth. And that's why I called him out. I'd love to turn to Senator Cornyn in a second, but back to Senator Cruz for one moment. There's a couple of things I was going to mention about him. You know, historically, back when, as I mentioned earlier, when he ran for Senate, it was a time when the country was deeply concerned about the direction Barack Obama was taking it. And he was, and the parade of people we had in that primary, mm -hmm. uh, Ted was the only one saying the really hard things. And um, I always had the sense of him that he believe what he was saying well, he's in your intro video but he looked to 80 he looked about 10 years younger I know in that video that, you got to keep him in there but it's kind of funny but i noticed that uh, picture he looked a lot different he's probably 30 pounds in the lighter intro, i know we both yeah. look i mean well sadly he, uh yeah we both look years younger because we were yeah. i don't know when that was that was probably 2010 or something yeah. anyway or maybe it was yeah probably 2012 in any case back to ted cruz i will say i because I, I want to hit the really or i think it's a really important point i'm not but i i think the uh, freezing in Texas and the going to Cancun. I mean, he went down for one night and came back, just to be clear. The family yeah. said he didn't. Yeah. I'm just but he should have gone. It's just, yeah, well, you know what? It's optics. To yeah, me, exactly. that's more optics than it was a substantive, I don't care about let the peasants freeze. I don't think he felt that way. But, you know, maybe it was a, so it was a bad optics decision. Or that's how I see it. Mm. Um, and I think in retrospect, he says, shoot, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I think, and I think we also struggle in America. We have so few serious conservatives in the Senate. So few. I mean, and even Senate and House together, you can count on one hand. And so do you ever worry that like going after him, you, you weaken him in some way, maybe he struggles getting reelected and we end up with someone worse? Not necessarily because Texas is a conservative state. Like I don't necessarily love Abbott, but I don't think Abbott will lose to Beto. So, and I go after Beto. I've called out Beto O'Rourke. I called out the people on the left, you know, that they're, you know, I'll, I'll call out them too, but I'm an equal opportunist you know <laughs> I, you know if i see hypocrisy i call it out well i love your point about identity politics and i do think it's a flaw among conservatives they decide we got someone who won whether it's trump or or cruz or whoever and they don't want any criticism made and that's not really i always push on my show if you really care about america and you're an activist your job is not to be a sycophant and worship any particular character. Your job mm -hmm. is to stand for the principles of America, what the Constitution says, the Declaration, or what the idea of America is. That's the highest job. Not to say, well, since he's our guy, I never criticize. I, I, I can't quite get there with as harshly as you feel about Cruz, but I don't yeah. like the and donation on uh, the, the money to Ukraine. But isn't Cornyn worse? Oh, Cornyn's worse than Cruz. But, okay. but and, and listen, Cruz, like I said, he's not that terrible of a guy. And I just asked him some questions. I don't even think it was that that insane what I did. I think those are questions we should all ask him. It's like there's a viral video of Dan Crenshaw where he compared Jesus to Superman. And he absolutely yeah. you know, imploded. I think Cruz, had he handled it in a professional manner. He didn't run to the media. So the way Cruz handled it actually get, earned some respect in my mind. But, but at the same time, I'm anti-establishment. I look at these poor people that were there on January 6th because they thought oh. they were doing the right thing. And there's people in power like him, you know, I'm not saying he can just necessarily stop it, but Trump had 11 days in, in the White House where maybe he could have pardoned some of these people. And I have friends, a good buddy of mine, Luke Coffey, who's, you know, facing, he's under house arrest. He's going to be facing like nearly 40 years in jail for going down there. And it makes me absolutely sick that they're letting this happen because we had a whole summer of riots where they burned down Minneapolis. They burned down Los yeah. Angeles. They, they, they demolished parts of downtown Dallas. For what? Nobody cared about that. Nobody did a thing about that. The DOJ didn't care. The DOJ, who had the opportunity to go after several, they were federal facilities. It could be the federal government involved. They, they did not and, pursue well, it. And, that, and to your point, though, I just had to say, in Portland, Ted Wheeler, they burned down a federal courthouse in Portland. They tried to burn it down for 60 days straight, and they didn't do a thing about it. And they set up a CHAZ, or whatever it was going to be called, yeah. which is an insurrection. That is an insurrection, and they did nothing about it. They had drugs, <laughs> sexual violence, all kinds of stuff in the CHAZ, and no cops would go in there. That is a insubordination to the highest order. It's capitulation of an insurrection. They yeah. just let it happen. Yeah, um, on the January 6th thing we talk about on the show many, many times, I'll quickly mention to our listeners, uh, you likely know uh, Dr. Simone Gold, uh, who is a hero, was a hero even before January 6th, but still is a hero. Uh, I've been in touch with her. I'm going to try to get her here in the month of July. You know, she is now actually facing 60 days in jail for literally 
walking into the Capitol on January 6th in the rotunda, reading her happy little speech she had ready, she was asked to give and didn't get to give, and walking back out. And so you talk about just the absolute loss of rule of law, the corruption of our country. She is a the epitome of, and she is boldly speaking out. She's not um, backing down at all. But it's important for your congressman, your, yeah, I know, she's a hero. Your congressman, your senator, to hear from you about the way the January 6th committee, uh, January 6th people are being prosecuted, or really the right word is persecuted, because you talk about where bravery should be in Washington. It ought to be that the elected Republicans in the House and Senate and any of the sane Democrats, if there are any, should be locking arms on the, on the steps of the Capitol, speaking out every day against the January 6th committee, pointing out this is an absurd, this is a show trial, this is worthy of Russia, this is worthy of Stalin, it's an embarrassment. You should hear those words even out of John Cornyn, but of every Senator and House member who has any loyalty to this country and the idea they're allowing this to continue is an absolute capitulation to the media, the media mob they're so afraid of will shut them down, embarrass them or something if they dare speak up. This is, we are seeing massive, massive level cowardice out of our elected officials in Washington. And you okay. know why they're going after Simone Gold, though, is because she talks about, you know, uh, unauthorized COVID. protocols of COVID. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. America's so, frontline doctors. Well, they're yeah. now actually in California trying to pull her medical license. I of mean, she's, it's outrageous. So I want to turn and say we, gave, we can disagree a little bit on Cruz, I guess. And, and I, I know what you mean. I want, I, I'm a pretty much, I have high standards. I'm happy to criticize any of them. But Cornyn, I mean, so what if you had Cornyn here in the room? I don't want you to stand up. You can stand up and rap if you want to. No, no. But if you don't, what does Cornyn need to hear from you? Well, what I does mean, Cornyn basically, need to hear? I mean, you know, he's just, and, and this is, I think, the biggest thing is when he passed the bipartisan gun law for these red flag laws, which is terrible because now you can say your ex-girlfriend can say, oh, he's crazy, and then they come take away your guns, which doesn't make sense. That's not constitutional. So this guy that preaches the Constitution, he's unconstitutional. But at the same time, is you know, I think he winked, and I think it's with uh, cinema. He said, well, next is immigration. So these people are going to literally, you know, subvert <clears throat> The American dream and people, this is what really makes me mad is they say, oh, this is a right wing conspiracy, the great replacement theory. Let me tell you something. But this is what this is the thing is when I went to school here in Dallas, Texas, I remember at Bradfield Elementary School, they would tell us they would look at the census and they would say, well, by 2040, Texas is going to be mainly Hispanic. That's no conspiracy there. You know, that's that's probably what's going to happen. But they, I guess, were under the impression probably it's because more Hispanics were having babies. But we're not just having now where the I think it's five to one of Hispanics, you know, how many children they're having having to, you know, I guess you'd say whatever, Caucasian, Anglo-Saxon, is we're rushing the border with a million people a month, if that. So it's not even about a great replacement. It's just that we have to have some rules in order in our state and in our country to help the people that are suffering instead of just having a welfare state where you're giving illegal immigrants all these benefits that you're not giving to its own citizens. So that's what really bugs me is about the immigration stuff. And I think Cornyn is going to be lax on immigration in cinema. She's in Arizona. She's going to be lax on it because those are the people that are paying her bills, the George Soros's, the people that can get right. in their ear and say, hey, Oh, we love, we love all the immigration. And I'm not even anti-immigration. I just want the immigration immigrants to come here the right way. Legal, so they can do it right. Yes, legal immigration. That's it. As long as they come here legally, I don't care how many people come in. I really don't. I just don't. I, because this is why when you look at the border, it's not even Mexicans. It's oftentimes people from South America or people from Russia, people that have been kicked out of the country. There's a reason why they're coming in illegal because they can't come here legally. Right. Okay. We're on the same page in that. And I've spoken about this just ad nauseum. I just, it is, it. In any other country in the world, you understand if you elect the leader or if you didn't get to elect him, if they won't enforce the border, they don't respect your country. They don't respect the concept of a country, the concept of a sovereign nation with laws. If you want to push and say we should have 10 million new immigrants, then change the law. Take it to Congress. Get a new law because right now we have a million legal Immigrant immigrants coming to America every year, following the system, and we have a million poor. It's over more the, than that, but but, but but I mean, but I mean, the legal yeah. system is supposed to be it's around a million a year. Yeah, maybe well, more. I mean, you just look at what's happening and it's just, you know, it's just, it's the insubordination. I mean, whatsoever. And it's really just it's lawlessness. Yeah, lawlessness. It's, that's what it is. Okay. So we, I would tell you, we have our, our happy listeners. So we have a deal on the Thursday shows that we have a microphone passed around the audience and you can ask a question. I will tell you, I meant to say at the beginning, you all look perfect. I'm just telling you, but we knew have a new camera up here. So while you're asking your question, our happy uh, director and their producer can zero in on you. Uh, it does not mean that you, you all, I swear you look perfect.
perfect, perfect. But uh, we're going to try that today and see how we like that. So if you're asking a question, the other thing is you have to hold the microphone really close to your mouth because it's not for this room to hear. It's to go out live. So uh, I think someone has that handsome guy over there on the corner, my husband, has the microphone. And if you have a question, I'm sure. Uh, and you can feel free to like wrap your answer or just I'll answer whatever you want to. You really want me to wrap. I'll wrap. We'll end the show with a wrap. How about that? speaking up in an unusual way. Um, so can you come up with a spoof that would discourage Ted Cruz from running from president? We've got to stay focused. We don't want him running for president. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I don't know how I tell him not to run. I think, you know, Trump has so much baggage. I think we really need DeSantis if we're talking about the 2024. I think everybody here feels that. Like, there's a lot of Twitter polls from conservative, you know, influencers. And it's always heavily DeSantis because he doesn't have the same baggage as Trump. Now, I like Trump. And if, if a vicious Trump that was coming back for vengeance, I would kind of like that, too. But I think at the end of the day, we really, DeSantis is a guy that the left does not have the same ammunition to bash. So I think we should all rally around him. But I, Ted Cruz says he's going to step down. I'm more worried about Dan Crenshaw running for governor or Dan Crenshaw trying to, you know, uh, fail upwards, for lack of a better word. So, so, so Cruz, even though I bash Cruz, we don't want Cruz, but Cruz would never win the presidency. So I don't think that's all you have to worry about him. Yeah. Amen. I'm sure there's another question. I was going to say very quickly a point several minutes ago about what's happening in Texas. I do believe that Greg Abbott will easily beat Beto because people are, I mean, assuming we have fair elections, which is a huge yeah, assumption. Yeah, which we might not. But if we had a fair election, because I think the country's had a year and a half of watching what Democrat policies do, and they don't want a Democrat near the governorship well, of Texas. look at Flores. Flores just dominated. She's in South Texas. The first time they've uh, had a, a Republican in, what, 120 years, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was a yeah. beautiful thing. So I think that oh, that's kind of like, you know, a little indication of where we're heading. And, and, and Texas, I think, well, it wasn't that long ago that Texas was actually pretty Democrat. Uh, you know, that's actually right. kind of fairly new that Texas has become conservative. I think people realize, unless you're just totally soft-brained and you don't realize, you know, I mean, that look at what Joe Biden has done. I mean, people can't even afford to fill their gas tank up right now. We have inflation. The Russian ruble is more powerful than the dollar. So people are struggling and suffering a lot more now than they were under Trump. And if you talk to people, I have videos where I interview people at the gas pumps or ask them, they all say they want Trump back. And these are people that are low, they'd call low IQ voters, not even voters. So the people that are intelligent enough to actually go and vote and that are paying attention, they know what's going on and they right. know who's causing it. Yeah, I, I just cannot imagine, especially in Texas, a Democrat victory. And so I, I'm not crazy about Abbott. I think he has been less willing than many Republicans to be strong on issues. He's kind of a finger in the wind Look at guy. our border. But, he should be in charge of the right, border. Right, right. And I, we been. keep on talking border, border, border. It's not even that we're into Mexico. It's there's so much sex trafficking and drug oh. trafficking happening. And I, for me, the, the molestation of a child is the worst thing that can happen. But you look at people in our government, Huma Abedin's husband, Anthony Weiner, that's Hillary Clinton's right-hand woman. He was sexing children. You look at Jeffrey Epstein on the Lolita Express with Bill Clinton 26 times without Secret Service. Prince Andrew, the Queen's son, had to pay a settlement out because he was sleeping with a child. So there's people, Dennis Hassert, Speaker of the House, there's a convicted pedophile. So there's people in powerful positions, Kentaji Brown-Jackson, her resume is, is lenient on child porn. So there's people that are in high powerful positions that have taken advantage of children. We have clear evidence of it. So for me, those are the people that are in power that are not protecting the young kids that are, that are getting abused at the border now. And it makes me sick. All right. Okay. We do have more questions, I'm sure. And people would hand up, but I have to commend you. you. You said you grew up in Texas, right around here? Yeah, right down the street. Okay. So I grew up in New York. I have that excuse for talking fast. You might talk faster than I do, which is truly remarkable. I do. I, I it do is amazing. People think I'm a singer because I can talk so fast. No, <laughs> I, I just think I talk fast. I was always a class clown. I was Abby was in school with me. She knew I was a bad boy. I was always speaking, you know, out with the teacher was speaking. So I just speak fast. I got a lot to say, you know. I know. And more words per minute helps you out. Okay. Please go ahead. Sorry. That was. Alex, thank you for being here. Um, you hit on a topic that is um, actually so. I'm so passionate about. Um, we fight child sex trafficking, mm -hmm. and we have been to the border because our politicians in power are not doing what they should do. And my heart breaks that more Americans and Texans especially are not standing up. Mm -hmm. Mainstream media is not showing what's happening down there. It's gonna take people like you and me and everyone in this room going down to the border and showing footage, showing the children that are being raped, mm -hmm. showing the rape trees and exposing how much money the cartel is making by bringing all these people over. And I am tired of Americans and Texans not doing anything about it 
We need your help and your leadership. Wow, I, re I really appreciate that. Yeah, we got to give a clap for that. And, and she's talking, she made a good point though about these rape trees. I mean, anybody, I have a lot of journalists who go down there, Drew Hernandez, uh, Savannah Her Hernandez, it's funny, they have the same last name, but they're not related. What I'm saying is there's condoms of these trees. I mean, there's literally, there's evidence and these are children. And I see it too, because a lot of these, like, this is why I didn't like when Abbott was like, oh, well, I'm going to own the libs by busting them to Washington, D.C. Don't bust them anywhere, you know? You're not owning anybody. And a lot of times I would see these people yeah. get off these buses right down the street and it's always like a guy with three kids and they always have the new backpack and the shirt from walmart and they don't know where to go and they have their mask on because that's what they think the rules are and they're just kind of confused and lost and i see these children with adults and i'm like this is not their biological parent yeah. you know and so what do you think they're going to use these kids for so that's why you really i really appreciate what you're doing and i really hate it because these it, this is another thing is i went viral recently for going to a drag queen event where they were had drag your kids to pride it was a drag event towards kids and yeah. the most disgusting part of it is <clears throat> is when i went and i tried to shut down the event they actually put paper over the clear windows so we couldn't see in a lot like the 2020 election and I'm saying, seriously though, but this is the thing is, these kids, they didn't choose to go there. Their parents drugged them there. And so that's what we're having. We're having a parental problem where people are using kids for like social media clout and they're trying to get back at their ex-husband. And now you look at Bill Maher, of course he's a leaning leftist, but you look at the amount of kids that are gender hormone surgery or transitioned in Los oh. Angeles compared to Ohio, it's a thousand percent more in Los Angeles. Because having a trans kid is like having a vegan cat. It's the owner deciding that. It's not the kid. You know, I mean, seriously, the kid and a cat would never right. choose to have their sex, and a cat would never choose to be vegan. And so that's what we're having. We're having a big problem with the parents that are letting their kids be sex trafficked and, and letting their kids you know, have irreversible hormone therapy at too young of an age. It, it is so grotesque. And the Disney scene, some of the meetings, internal high-level meetings, I don't know whether they were intentionally released or supposedly someone just uh, released them without permission. It, yeah. But there was one of the women who's a very senior executive at Disney who was saying, I have two children and one is a uh, pansexual, pansexual and the other one, whatever they were. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't even occur to her that many sane people listening realizing these are your kids and these are young kids. I mean, where'd they get their thinking from? It's, it's you. I mean, you're the parent who's supposed to help them understand things instead of just surrender to culture. No, and I remember my mom wouldn't let me dress as Peter Pan because Peter Pan was kind of trans when I was a little kid. It was, uh, <laughs> I swear, like a woman would play Peter Pan. And I was like, you know, and I, that, I thank my mom for that because this is the problem. These parents are saying it's okay. K kids are going in phases. We wouldn't let a kid smoke cigarettes. We wouldn't let a kid drink alcohol. We wouldn't let a kid, you know, do a lot of stuff, drive a car before they're of age, but we're going to let them pick their sex and give them surgery that's irreversible it's it's ludicrous and it's unacceptable in my opinion it's grotesque and and, and yeah it's horrible okay so we have time for it. yes we do sorry go right ahead please well y'all kind of morphed into the subject that i was going to bring up alex i saw you at Holland park mm -hmm. high school school board addressing the school board members they were about to birth kittens right there on the stage floor <laughs> because of what you said are you going to be coming back to Highland Park school board meetings? I want you to. And are you going to talk about sexual grooming also at some of these other school boards? Because well, they need some shock and awe. No, I think you're 100% right. And, I, and of course, you know, I'm a Highland Park Scotty, so I'll be back and I live right down the street. So I have to go. And I'm not saying that with tongue in cheek. I'm just saying this is this is my favorite thing, though, about speaking at the things. It's not the effect that I have. It's the fact that other, when other people tell me I went and I spoke at a school board meeting, I went and I stood up and spoke because nobody's going to go speak for you. So that's why I encourage you guys. Listen, public speaking is some people's biggest fear. You know, they rank it up with like arachnophobia, skydiving. I mean, it's literally one of the people's per biggest fears is public speaking. So I get it's not just easy for everybody to go there and speak but i'm telling you you can write it down debbie you know what it's like you just write down some bullet points you say that but i'm going to come and speak 100 but if i can encourage you guys to speak at these things that makes me feel even better that's the biggest compliment that i can receive more than likes more than followers is when people say they send me a message you know what alex i went and i spoke at my school board or i went and i spoke at my city council meeting that's what that's what i like the most is that i'm encouraging other people to stand up I love that we have just about a minute left. I want to mention that, that was one of the things I was going to ask you in closing is I was going to say watching many things you do, I think, you know, people shouldn't try this at home. I, I would not be able to pull off funny and dancing and, and rapping and, you know, I mean, I, it's just not me. But I love that you're using it is a gift to be able. When I asked that question, I was totally serious. Did you learn, practice this ahead of time? You just made it up standing there. Yeah, it's a beautiful really. gift. But I do think for people who are in, just inspired and grateful for what you're doing and calling attention to issues that they've been struggling to get attention to and you're doing it. Uh, so you know, what can people do? And as I say, maybe they can be like you, but even if they're not, they can 
speak up and, and at school board, city council, wherever it is, and say what's true. Yeah, well, I'll just say this. Life is short, and, and this, I said it earlier. It's like they want to keep you in a constant state of depression. So what I try to do is I try to use humor to try to, try to break us out of that depression. But I'm telling you, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be fulfilled in life just following the leader. You know, that's what they want you to do is just, you know, be a collectivism. You have to be an individual. That's what I try to preach is so, you know, you don't have to go out there and be like a freak rapping like me. But we all have to take some sort of accountability for our life, and we have to be autonomous, and we have to stand up for what we believe in because i keep repeating this literally nobody's going to stand up for you nobody's going to stand up for you and you're going to be gone and you're going to be able to look back when on your deathbed did you do you know did you give it your best to try to fix the situation that was causing you the most harm so that's what i encourage you guys to do is just try that's all you gotta do the old college try and i promise it'll have an effect for me, I, I was speaking seriously. Then I kind of morphed into speaking crazy and rapping and all this stuff. And then now, look at me. I, you know, I've kind of blown up. I've had a lot of opportunities. And, and I'm just getting started. So I'm just saying, you can too. If an idiot like me can do it, you guys can do it too, I promise. Alex Stein, thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you for being here. And for our listeners to America Can We Talk, thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you